This year, the PCI Data Security Standard turns 10, and an update to the standard has been released this year and will be discussed during the PCI Security Standards Council's round of community meetings, which kick off this fall. Here, Troy Leach, Chief Technology Officer of the PCI Security Standards Council, discusses some of the updates we can expect to see made to the standard this year, how the standard has evolved over the last 10 years, and how he anticipates it will continue to evolve in the next 10 years, if it's even still around. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Troy, before we jump into all of my questions, let's just talk a little bit about your background with the Council and your experience with the PCI DSS. When did you join the Council? Uh, well, I really, since the in inception, I was working in the Council as a representative of American Express. Uh, we were coming together because we were seeing common challenges with securing different types of card data environments. And so, working in partnership with peers from other payment brands, we decided to create the PCI Council, and then in December of 2007, I received a offer to uh, join as a full-time employee of the Council. So, Troy, what was the original purpose of the DSS? Why was it created? You look at the 2005-2006 time frame, we were seeing a lot of breaches that were just storing uh, cardholder data unnecessarily. There were some very common challenges, some of those challenges we still see today, like default passwords or just weak network security, not separating sensitive information from the rest of a company's assets. And so we created the PCI Council really as a common ground of security requirements. Back before then, all of the payment brands had their own individual requirements as to what was acceptable security for protecting payment card information. And the industry, specifically the merchant community, came to the payment brands and said, we need consistency and one industry standard to actually set what is the expectation for how security should be placed, what is good enough security for protecting payment card information. And that really was the catalyst to come together and create the PCI Council. You know, Troy, 10 years ago in the U.S., we didn't have EMV while other parts of the world were deploying it. And the PCI DSS was working kind of to position itself as the de facto security standard for payment cards, at least here in the U.S. Was the initial intention to have the DSS replace or perhaps fill the void of not having EMV in the U.S.? It, it really wasn't. Obviously, 10 years is great time for looking, reflecting back and, and looking at hindsight to what we were thinking back in 2006. But really the DSS was to have organizations reevaluate how they were actually using and managing cardholder information. If we reflect back to that time, people were not aware of the risk associated with storing cardholder information or using it for loyalty programs or customer management programs. So much of the DSS effort in the beginning was actually to educate on the, the removal of unnecessary storage of information that was associated with many of the breaches at the time, and also just raise awareness of how you could have business strategy to eliminate some process and minimize the risk to every stakeholder in the payment ecosystem. Troy, today the, the PCI DSS, of course, is touted as being a complementary standard which works in tandem with EMV and isn't something that should replace it. And, of course, that's why we've seen acceptance of the data security standard in Europe take off in recent years. Would you agree that our perspective about the DSS, the way it should be applied and the way that it should be used, has changed globally, or do you think there's still some hurdles to overcome? 
I still think there are some hurdles to overcome on, on just what the purpose of each of those mechanisms is in order to protect consumers' cardholder information. For EMV, it has always been an, a great authentication mechanism. The challenge we've had is not EMV versus PCI. The challenge we had was understanding that cardholder information can be taken from either a MagStripe or a chip transaction and be used for cross-channel fraud. So I could steal that information in the network and then repurpose it from a card present transaction for e-commerce or mail order or telephone order. And what we're starting to see globally is that while EMV provides a tremendous value to reducing fraud and counterfeit in a card present transaction, there's still a need for us to either protect that information, and if we can't protect that information, find a way for us to create dynamic authentication or dynamic data altogether that's going to eliminate a criminal from stealing that information and repurposing it for fraud or other criminal activities. Troy, do you think that the PCI DSS will still be a viable standard 10 years from now? That, that's a good question. I think the standard itself is based on good security practices based on ISO 27000 and other principles that have existed for decades in information security. The question is less about the security efficacy of the standard and more about what does the payment ecosystem look like in, in 10 years. Uh, if we reflected 10 years ago, I couldn't have imagined that we would have uh, so many payments being run through phones and watches and our refrigerators being able to create payments and cars being able to order pizza. I, I think the, the ecosystem in which payments operate today is diversely different than it was 10 years ago. And what we need to be cognizant of is an ability to create dynamic data that changes how those transactions um, occur, how they work with security. And so I think as long as there are static data that we need to protect, the relevancy of DSS or parts of the DSS to control and protect that information will remain relevant. The question is, what does a payment account number look like in 10 years? And if it is dynamic information, then we have to probably focus our attention on how that dynamic information is created, how authentication to that transaction occurs, and other relevant aspects of a payment transaction rather than the very verbose amount of controls that is required for the diverse types of technology and environments we operate today. And Troy, what would you say have been the Council's greatest accomplishments in the last 10 years? I think it, it starts with just raising awareness of the risk to payment card information and the relevant impact of cardholder data being stolen. You know, now there is a senior leadership awareness, whereas before it might have been left to an auditing group or an information security group. I also think that organizations uh, just weren't aware that if the risk of exposure of cardholder information actually impacted their organization directly, um, it wasn't just an issuing bank that held the, uh, the responsibility for protecting that information. I also think what we've been able to do is create commonality for how you validate cardholder environment. Before, as I've mentioned, is the payment brands were very diverse in how they would accept good security and demonstration of good security, and now we have a common language 
uh, and a common set of assessors that actually can come to the PCI Council and ask questions about interpretation. It's very seldom that you have an information security standard where you have the authors of that standard readily available to work with the community to explain to merchants that are implementing controls, to explain to service providers and, and security professionals how to interpret the risk um, and the mitigating controls for that risk. I think those are things that, that really did not exist in 2006, as well as just create some advancements in how breaches operate. You know, the attacks we saw in 2006 were a lot of unnecessary storage. We see much less storage of, of cardholder information and encryption of that cardholder data. Now we're starting to see data breaches reported, but they say, the cardholder information was not exposed because it was encrypted. Uh, they'd taken security measures that align with PCI so that while the organization had a breach, they're no longer impacting uh, sensitive information like, like payment card information. I think those are, are some critical things that have happened in the last 10 years that really did not exist previously. And then we look at the technology itself and we see that the technology has evolved. We're now focused on tokenization and in encryption um, as early as we can inside a, a transaction so that we no longer expose the information to a criminal that has found new ways to have man-in-the-middle attacks and, and put malware into volatile memory. All these things are advancing the criminal's a way to attack, and we're finding ways to mitigate that by no longer having that sensitive information even exposed, uh, which was not even a concept really 10, 15 years ago. Troy, the standard has come under scrutiny and criticism in the wake of breaches striking retailers that were, of course, deemed PCI compliant just before their breaches. How has the council dealt with these criticisms, and do you think these criticisms will continue to plague the standard in the future? I think they'll continue to plague information security and information security professionals until there's a better understanding of the need for ongoing diligent practices for information security. This is something that we've been saying for, for 10 years, which is that this is an ongoing exercise. It's not a finish line to actually achieve a compliant report of compliance. The issue that we have is that for payments is that we need a, a pragmatic, ongoing culture of being aware at all times. I think in the future what we need to do is to think about is there a way for the payment industry to remove the ability for unnecessary use and unnecessary risk and, and still have a frictionless transaction for the consumer by changing it from static data to dynamic data. Troy, quickly just to go back to some of the updates that have been published this year to the data security standard. You and I have already spoken about some of the changes to the DSS, but what about updates to the PADSS, the Payment Application Data Security Standard? Can you walk us through what some of those updates are? Absolutely, Tracy. All the changes that we see inside of the DSS 3.2 release, we see also in the release for PADSS. Uh, additionally, uh, there's really three areas that I see PADSS changes that, that were significant. First is looking at uh, debugging logs and making sure that the, those logs are, are not storing sensitive information of any kind. Um, so looking at protection and deletion of those logs. Additionally, looking at the secure installation uh, for patches and updates to the release, making sure that, that those patches are, are not creating unnecessary risk uh, within the uh, setup and, and operation of the application. 
And then finally, just looking at the identification of default accounts with administrative access and making sure that those are removed um, and, and protecting the overall environment where those applications are operating. Those three are, are probably the most impactful different changes for PADSS. The, the standard itself was not impacted by uh, our recent changes in SSL migration dates. Those were already implemented in a previous version of PADSS. So that particular requirement is, is not impactful. But, but overall, I, I think we look at, at PADSS and, and the evolution of that and talking about our 10 years. Applications are written so much differently than they were 10 years ago with agile programming, with uh, new developers coming to market with a variety of different ways that they can create software to accept payments and transact and send cardholder data that we really at the PCI Council uh, need to look at closely how do we evolve software security in a way that is going to be um, manageable going forward. I think we're, we're hitting a tipping point where how we can manage software security soundly and, and pragmatically is being challenged. And PCI Council, that's an area that we'll be looking at in the next 10 years to make sure that we, we're setting ourselves up for success for the long term. And then, Troy, finally, can you tell us a bit about what to expect at the community meetings this year, given that these meetings will be helping to mark the 10-year anniversary of the standard? Well, it will be a real fun time to reflect on the, the 10 years that we've had um, as a PCI Council and really also take a moment to look ahead what the next 10 years might be like. What, what is 2026 and, and what do we think the challenges will be? Hopefully we'll be in a place where uh, there is more reliance on um, lab-tested software as well as, as uh, payment equipment. Uh, we're in a place where dynamic types of authentication for both e-commerce as well as card present transactions are, are more prevalent. We have more awareness for the merchant and other communities that are going to be handling some type of payment information and just really continue to focus in the next 10 years on how do we create and continue to create awareness as the millennials and other generations behind them come to market as the security professionals responsible for protecting people's uh, sensitive information. How do we create that ongoing education and awareness and, and find a way to eliminate static forms of data? We'll talk about that at the community meeting uh, to some extent as well as reflect on all the other good efforts that we've had this year. We have several information supplements that we will be talking about. Our, our community of, of merchants and vendors and, and banks have all come together to help develop some small merchant collateral and we'll actually focus on some of that material and, and how it can help the 99% of the small merchants out there that are just trying to understand what their payment environment looks like and how they can do some simple things to protect that environment. We'll be looking at other types of special interest groups that have been formed over the past couple of years and the good work that they've done on log monitoring and ways to simplify PCI DSS compliance. Uh, a lot of focus on that simplification and how we create metrics for good return on security investment. A lot of different topics, a lot of fascinating external speakers, and I'm really looking forward to seeing people in, in Edinburgh and in, in Las Vegas and out in Singapore later this fall. Thank you again for your time today. Absolutely, Tracy, anytime. Again, we've just heard from Troy Leach of the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.